the day that God dipped his pen of love in my heart. You ask me why I'm happy, why sometimes and always shout, God put something in my heart that I can shout about. I met him at an altar in the good old-fashioned way, met him at a mourner's bench where I knelt down to pray, and since then, this is my story, this is my song, bathed in his love, washed in his blood, a child of God, headed to heaven to hang out with a man called Jesus forever. That's my legacy, and I thank God for my testimony. In the old days, we used to ha actually have testimony service where we would stand up and testify, and we still... We still have that today. As Pastor Rhonda mentioned, uh, Garrett is a miracle. He is literally a miracle. If you saw the car that he was in and saw the, the velocity of that, of that uh, crash, uh, you would know that uh, he, uh, God had his hand on his life to extend his ministry to this generation. And we thank God for him. We thank God that you are a miracle. And it's going to make you even earlier in life Pursue your destiny and legacy yeah. as you realize I have a purpose. I have a yeah. destiny. God has blessed me, and we thank God for that. It's always a joy to have Sheriff Eric Watson in the building. And if you mess with me today, you've got to go through him, and he's a big old boy. So I feel safe. If you have a Bible, I'd like for you to turn with me to John. Most of you won't have to turn there. Three. 16. A businessman leaving his neighborhood saw that his neighbor's son was on the curb with a dog and a sign. And the sign said, for sale, $5. The businessman stopped his car, rolled down his window, and said, son, nobody's going to give you $5 for that dog the way it looks. Take it, bathe it, wash it, put some perfume on it, put a ribbon on it, and then put a big price tag and negotiate. So he went off to work. Garrity came home for, for lunch that day, and he saw the boy was on the sidewalk with a new sign and a dog, for sale, $5,000. The businessman chuckled, went on to work, came home from work that day, and the boy, the sign, and the dog were missing. So curiosity, he went knocked on the door. The little boy came to the door. He said, Son, I noticed you wasn't out there with your dog. Did you sell your dog? He said, oh, yes, sir, I sold it. He said, you sold that dog for $5,000? He said, well, kind of. I traded it for two $2,500 cats. <laughs> God wants us blessed. God wants to bless us. You've heard me share for 30 years, God blesses me so that I could bless somebody else. I want to be all God wants me to be, and I've learned to be something you've never been. You've got to do something you've never done. Let me say that again. To be something you've never been, you've got to do something you've never done. To pursue God's plan and God's destiny for your life, there are things that involve you that you are a part of. And this morning, I'm going to ask the congregation to help me. I've given different ones uh, some scriptures. I'm going to ask you to help me, and, and we'll see how this goes. This could blow up my face, but we'll see. <laughs> I got to reading my own handwriting, couldn't read my own handwriting. I said, that's pretty scary. It's going to be a wild, it's going to be a wild trip. 
But there is something that here at Harvest that we do twice a week, and we gather in the house of God, and we bring an offering. And nine times out of ten, the only teaching I ever heard growing up in church about giving was right before an offering. And I've actually been in services where I took a certain amount of money out of my pocket to give, and the more the guy talked, the less I wanted to give. Can anybody relate? And sometimes I felt like I was pressured, and sometimes I felt like that there was, that my arm was being twisted. I don't know if you've ever felt that way or not, but that's not the way that God rolls, and that's not the way that God operates. For God, the greatest giver, so gave the greatest gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. When I talk about God, and I talk about God giving, there was a reason why God gave his son. God sowed his son to reap a family. That's pretty crazy. God sowed his son to reap a family. Jesus Christ gave his life so you could be adopted out of the pit of sin into the path of holiness. Jesus Christ gave his life so that God could call you sons and daughters and Jesus could call you brother. And all the promises that God extended to Jesus are the same promises that God extends to us. We are joint heirs. I have two daughters. Uh, if Ron and I both go at the same time uh, with my driving, those odds are pretty good. Uh, everything that we have is split two ways evenly. Both the girls will get an equal part of our inheritance. That's how God rolls. God really doesn't have any favorites the Bible said he's no respecter of persons. Sometimes I believe that God loves me more than he loves you. That's just because it makes me feel better and it helps me, it helps me deal with the day. Can anybody relate? We always want the dead to whisper to us, you're, the, you're my favorite. When they whisper, no, they're lying. They're not telling the truth. But God set a pattern. God set a precedence for us as we begin to operate in sowing and reaping and, and, and giving, the Bible says that there are seeders and there are eaters, there are givers and there are takers. And when I think about seed, and I think planting in the kingdom of God, I think of some of the things that I can do with my seed. If I choose today, I can take my seed and I can eat it. Or I can take my seed and I can plant it. How many have lost their seed already? How many? How many? Sorry, you've lost your seed, Kendra. You've lost your seed. Oh, you got it there somewhere. Oh, you got it it's there on the ground. Okay, good. So so small, and seemingly so insignificant. But did you know if I plant this kernel of corn correctly, I can receive a seven thirty sixty sixty hundredfold return. Have any of you ever grasped what a 60, 70, or hundredfold return is? Well, Pastor Todd's going to show us this morning, if I take this seed and I put it in good soil and I fertilize it 
and I water it, and I watch over it, make sure the fowls of the air don't get it, make sure the gophers don't get it. If I sow this little seed correctly, I will reap that much seed in return. God is not the God of subtraction. He's not the God of addition. He's not the God of division. He is the God of multiplication. God multiplies and blesses everything that we touch when our hearts and our spirits are right and our hearts and our spirits are pure. I have a $5 bill this morning. This is my $5 bill. I can do with this whatever I choose. It's mine. I can choose this morning. I can go to the store and I can buy a Red Bull, the blue edition, for five bucks. I can go to the store this morning and I can buy a pack of cool shorts. I don't know what these were, but they're cool shorts. And I can buy that for $4.81. And then I can go to McDonald's and I can buy a Big Mac, $4.81. So I can take that $5 bill, I can buy this burger, I can buy this drink, and I can buy these cigarettes, and this drink and this burger will go through my digestive system and do very little to help my body. This will go through my respiratory system and do very little to help my body. Or I can take this $5, and if I choose... I can put it in this envelope that represents a field. And when I take what is my seed, I release it, I turn it loose to let God do what God wants to do. And when I place this $5 bill in this envelope, I begin to operate in trust and I begin to operate in favor. To trust the house, to trust the leadership, to trust the ministry is a big deal and a lot of people may have been frauded or cheated or shorted and maybe you have a tough time trusting but God will turn things around in your life if you'll stop eating your seed and sowing your seed. God gives us money to eat. I understand, I realize all that's not that God does not want you to go without but sometimes our priorities can get out of order and once we learn the principle of sowing and reaping, things change. This is a Cucumber, this is a good-sized cucumber. I can take one seed from this cucumber, and I can plant that seed in good ground, watch it, and, and fertilize it, and water it, and I can harvest over 100 cucumbers from one seed that comes out of this cucumber. And there's almost 180 seeds in this cucumber. You do the math, you begin to realize that God wants to overwhelm us with his blessing and God wants to overwhelm us with his favor. And so this morning, I'm going to ask Michael to help me. I believe you've got Michael. If you've got 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, if you'll share that. Every man, according as he is purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loveth a cheerful giver. That's good news, isn't it? That when our heart is right, our spirit is right, again, we should not give because we feel manipulated. We shouldn't give because we feel pressured. And we're not to give grudgingly or sparingly, but we're to give because we want to give because it makes a difference in somebody else's life. When you take your seed and you put it in this envelope that represents Church of the Harvest, you're touching jail ministry. You're touching unwed mother's ministry. You're touching orphan's ministry. 
And we'll talk a little bit more about that a little, little later on down the road. But when you sow in the kingdom of God, God watches over your seed to bless it. Aren't you glad this morning God watches over your seed? I brought to your attention the illustration of the Little Dipper and the Big Dipper. The Little Dipper, if you look up in the sky, it's got the top of it pointed towards heaven. The Big Dipper, it looks like it's dumped upside down upon earth. And that just shows us when we sow in the little, God always blesses us in the big. Aren't you glad this morning that God blesses you in the big? 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. That makes sense. If you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow a lot, you reap a lot. Several years ago, there was a, a businessman in this church that uh, we took up an offering for a special project, and he put $100 in the offering. And uh, the next day he called me and said, you're not going to believe this, but uh, I sowed that $100 yesterday, and today I received $1,000, had no clue it was going to come in. It's here. It's definitely the favor of God. And you know what I said? I said, that's awesome. I said, I wonder what's going to happen when you sow the 1000 <laughs> It's a, it's a, It's a release. It's a faith thing. It's a trust thing. When you turn your finances over to God, God's in control. Good things can happen with your money. Acts 20 and 35. I have shewed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why is it more blessed to give than receive? Because the more you sow, the more you reap. The more you have in the ground, the more that God watches over and God blesses. Proverbs says, in the morning sow your seed. No, in the evening sow your seed. Because you're not sure which field God is going to bless. But if the seed's in the ground, if it's covered with dirt, if it's watered and fertilized, it is going to produce something. Most of you have heard my garden stories. And several years ago, I allowed these particular, uh, I thought they were flowers. I allowed them to grow. I brought one in here. It grew to over eight foot tall. I pulled it up. I brought it in the church. Before I brought the church, I took it to the nursery, and I asked uh, Bryant's nursery. I said, what is this? I said, I'm, I keep waiting for it to, to turn to, to flower or something. He said, it's never going to flower. It's a weed. So I've learned even if you water weeds effectively, you can harvest. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but it's the power of the sea. Whatever is planted, it will grow. Deuteronomy 16 and 17 Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord, thy God, which he hath given thee. So it's not that everybody gives the same. The Bible says in Matthew that Jesus was sitting one day at the temple watching the offering plates. And there was a wealthy man that came and made a great deal of, of giving a lot of money to the, to the treasury. And that was all well and good. And then a little widow came and she slipped in. She slipped in two pence and Jesus stopped everything and said, I want you to notice, I want to show this to you. What she has done is more than what he has done. So God does not look at the amount. God looks at the attitude of the heart. When Pastor Ron and I sit down in our budget and we say we determine we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we make up our mind what we're going to sow into the kingdom of God. And again, it's something that we agree upon. It's something that we believe that God will honor and God will bless. And there's a song that says, you can't beat God giving no matter how much you try. It's not all about money, Hebrews 13 and 15. 
By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So there's other areas in our life that we can sow. We can sow in praise. We can sow in worship. We can sow in prayer. We can sow in encouragement. We can sow in smile. You ever notice if you look at somebody real stupid and smile, you usually get a smile back. Turn your neighbor to your left and just give them a stupid look, a stupid smile. You can't all go left, go right. If you can't go left, go right. If you can't go right, if you can't go left or right, look behind you. It's, it, is, it is kind of funny. And I, I know that right now with this coronavirus, I've, I've seen some funny posts on Facebook. I saw one post where two guys were on the sidewalk and both of them had their face covered and they walked up to each other and they hit their foot. How many, how many saw that? And then I saw the fist and then I saw the... But you know, there's just something about a hug. When you get a hug, you usually get a hug back. When you get a smile, you usually get a smile back. When you encourage somebody and bless somebody, you usually get a thank you back. You will sow what you reap according to the word of God. Hebrews 13 and 16. But to do good and to communicate, forget not for with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. That communicate means give. That communicate means to plant. That communicate means to speak to somebody in the area of finances. And it, it, is, it is so fun. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens probably maybe once a week or once every other, other week. There are times that I have been able to pay it backward where someone was in line behind me and I was, at the, I was ordering and then I was looking down trying to get my wallet out and they honked at me. And, and I, I could have done two things. I could have got out of the car and went back and beat the living daylights out of them and been arrested and been bonded and a lawyer and court fees. Or when I got to the window, I'd say, that couple behind, that car behind me, how much is theirs? I want to pay for theirs. And I will tell you what, there's such a, I don't know if it's malice or, or but it's such a good feeling driving off that I won. Hello? I, I, I won that argument. I won that battle. It may have cost me something, but I won. I remember uh, we were going somewhere, I think, with Rhonda's dad in Chattanooga, and we were there at the freeway. And almost, almost never do I give money in, in instances like that. But I looked at the person's shoes. You can usually tell if somebody's spoofing you by the shoes they wear. I mean, if you've got a $180 pair of Adidas on and you're sitting on the side of the freeway uh, begging for money, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to find you out. But I'll look at your shoes. And if your shoes look beat up and wore and wore out, then I realize they probably really do need some help. And this 20 is probably going to bless them more than it blesses me. I don't know how many times God has followed up and blessed that, but there will come a day when I will stand before God and he'll show me every time I sowed, every time I gave. And then he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to make you a ruler over many. Does that excite anybody in the house? And then we have, go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation. Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall they give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. The same way you measure it out is the same way you're going to get it back. 
And God said, you're going to get back fourfold. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give to your bosom? Your bosom represents your heart, the things that are important in your life. When you sow correctly, God speaks to men, God speaks to women to bring the things that you desire, the things that you would like to have, because that's what his law says. Luke 16 and 10. Is that you, David? Uh, uh, Keith, you didn't get one? Oh, oh we're, get, we're coming to you. <laughs> Luke 16 and 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust in much. Pretty obvious. If you're faithful over the little things, God will give you big things to be faithful over. But if you're not faithful in the little, it's tough for God to trust you with a lot. Does that make sense? That's the way that God rolls in Malachi 3 and 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings? Thank you, Keith. And then Malachi 3 and 9. Gail. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Watch this. The whole, the whole nation is cursed. Why? Because God is robbed. And you know... Eric, I got to pondering this scripture. I've never heard this taught. I've never heard this explained. But when you get your paycheck, most of us, when you get your paycheck, you don't get all the money that you earned. The government takes a chunk out of your paycheck. And I believe the government takes the first fruit out of the paycheck. And that's why I believe sometimes our nation is in trouble because the nation is taking God's funds and used it for other purposes. Does that make sense? Am I helping? And I think that's why we're seeing such tragedy in America today. And listen, if, if you don't realize how bad things are, there really is very few prophecies left to be fulfilled for the return of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. I believe we're living those days. I believe that we're living in some of the worst days ever known to mankind and, and I believe God at any moment could look at his son and say, go get your bride. I believe he could stand with the voice like a trumpet, sound the trumpet. The dead in Christ rise first. That excited anybody? Then we which are alive and remain are caught up together in the clouds to be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That day is about to come to pass. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring y'all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open to you the windows of heaven. Crazy promise. God said, I challenge you. I dare you. How many knows what a, a, a double dog dare is? God's saying, I double dog dare you to see if you can bankrupt me. I double dog dare you to see if you can outgive me. And something that I've learned about windows, when you be, are faithful in God's tithe and your offering, and that's why at Harvest, a couple of years ago, God said, I want you to give opportunity for tithe. Then I want you to give opportunity for offering. Tithe is something we give to God because it's his. Offering is something of, of ours that we give to God because we want to. Because we want to go a step beyond. Because we want to activate God's power and activate God's authority. And when you are obedient in tithe and offering, five windows will open. Are you ready? God will open a window financially 
and bless you. God will open a window physically and heal you. God will open a window mentally and stabilize you. God will open a, a window emotionally and balance you. And God will open up a window spiritually to bless you. Five areas of your life. A lot of people fail to realize how important their giving is to the things of God. But when you give to the things of God, God begins to give his things to us. And he outgives us far more than we can sow or we can plant. In Proverbs 11 and 24. There is the one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more. And there is the one who withholds what is justly due, but it results only in want and poverty. I was going to illustrate this morning, and because I'm trying to get to Carabas before 1230, uh, that probably won't happen. Uh, the sautéed scallops and the grilled asparagus and the salad with extra house dressing. And uh, maybe today a piece of carrot cake. You never know, we might... Talk, talking about foods making me, making me hungry already. There's, there's uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four. Read that again. There is the one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more, and there is the one who withholds what is justly due, but it results only in want and poverty. So God is no respecter of persons. God gives everyone talents. And God blesses everyone equally. Then God gives us opportunity to sow wisely in the kingdom. And when opportunity is given to sow, there is he who sows boldly. I don't, I don't, he don't want all of it. He doesn't want your groceries, your rent, your car payment, your insurance payment, baby milk. He doesn't want, he just wants a little extra. He bless you with so, so a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> and then there is he who does not sow. And what happens, he who does not sow, circumstances take from him who does not sow and is given to he that does sow, so he has more to give oh because God can trust this vessel. God can trust this child. God can trust, and it's a big, this, I'm it's a big deal with all the junk going on right now, all the fake preachers, all the tele, all, all that I understand, all of that, with all that going on right now, our, our trust has been affected in the kingdom. But when you learn to trust, God will open doors because of your faithfulness and your obedience. Opportunity is given to, to sow into, we just sowed into an orphanage in not Puerto Rico, but Guatemala. We just sold in a jail ministry. Misha was at jail yesterday. I was in prison. So when those doors open for us to sow into, there, there is he who, he, again, he doesn't want all of it. Okay. <laughs> just wants something. So, 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 so this one sows in jail ministry. This one sows in blockbuster video. Oh, she sowed. Watch this. All of a sudden, everything changes in her life, and God begins to overwhelm her with blessings, and God begins to just overwhelm, overwhelm both of them with blessings, and God just pours out his blessing. That, look, there's not room enough to receive it. I want all that back. Put it in my wallet. <laughs> Come on, get a, give a Lord hand a clap of appreciation. Proverbs 28, 27.
Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Read it one more time. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Wow. Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. There's always people in your life. I once complained that I had no shoes. Help me. Till I met a man that had no feet. It's always worse for someone else. And when you find someone worse off than you and you help them turn things around in their life, the word said you will not lack. There'll be enough to meet your need and the need of somebody else. Proverbs 3 and 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Pretty obvious. That's your tithe. That's the Old Testament tithe we bring into the storehouse, Luke 12 and 33. Sell your possessions to give those in, uh, to give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be saved. No thief can steal it. No money can destroy. No moth. No moth can destroy it. In, in plain English, when you <laughs> sow in the physical, you reap in the spiritual. When you sow into the needing, the hurting, the lacking. That's a physical seed. But the Bible says you're sowing in a bag that will not holes in it, a bag that thief cannot touch, a bag that moth cannot corrupt, and that's in the kingdom. What you sow today, you'll receive whenever you get to heaven when you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Matter of fact, let's look at Matthew 25 and 21. This is directly following. Watch this, Michael. God gives everyone abilities and talents. There are some in life that are given five. I have some five-talent friends. Lemuel Miller is a five-talent friend. Marcus Lamb is a five-talent friend. Uh, Billy Burke is a five-talent friend. I have people in my life that just seem like everything they touch is blessed. Everything they do, God, God blesses them. They're three-talent. And I think I'm probably a three-talent guy that, that God invests three talents in me. I invest three talents back in the kingdom. The guy that had five brought back five more. The guy that had three bought back three more. The guy that had one sowed it in that he buried it in the earth. He did nothing with it to further the kingdom. But when the guy that sowed the five talents brought the, brought the ten talents to the Lord, what does the Lord say? Well Matthew. done, thy good and faithful servant. Say it again. Well done, thy well good done. and faithful servant. Then it says what? Thou hast been faithful over the little things. I will, I will make you ruler over many. You got one of the last cards. It's probably a real sloppy and hard to. Well, my, my contacts are in. I can only see like, way out here. <laughs> I will, well done. Watch this. Well done. Into the joy of thy Lord. Thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord that's been prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Matthew 25 and 34, and we're almost done. Matthew 25 and 34. David, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Can you read it, David? Man. Have you got my card? Then shall the king say unto them, on his right hand, come, be ye blessed, 
of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. From the foundations of the Read the next one. No, not you, your daughter. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. 35. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Okay, this day is going to come to pass. Every single one of us, without exception, is going to stand before God. And God's going to say one of two things. Well done or depart. And it's a well done thy good and faithful servant. And 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 he says, I was hungry, you fed me, I was naked, you clothed me, I was in prison, you visited me, I was sick and you attended to me. And the next verse says, Lord, when did we we live two thousand years after your resurrection. We we never clothed you. We never fed you. We never came and saw you in prison. We never brought medicine when you were sick. And powerful, powerful truth that we live by. When you do it unto the least, you've done it unto me. There's a scripture, I don't know if we have it or not, but it says, He that lendeth to the poor lendeth to the Lord, and he will, the Lord will repay. I would a lot rather loan money to God than anybody else. Can anybody relate? I'd rather be in line for his blessings than any other favor. Any of the good things that happened, I would rather it would come from God. Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Psalms, Psalms 12, Psalms 126 and 5. 6, maybe? 120. Those who six, go yeah. out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. So your seed of sowing into those that are lost, you're going to one day bring your sheaves. I always thought that was sheep. I said, why would he be bringing the sheep with him? How many ever thought that? We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. It's not sheep. It's sheep. It's the harvest. It, rep it represents the harvest. And watch this, Mish. You plant the seed in good ground, and then you water them with your tears. I'll be very careful what I say because it's a very smart church, but I received a very sad conversation last night from a man married 29 years. Wife decided she doesn't want to be married anymore. And as we begin to talk and share scripture and share the word of the Lord, he began to weep and he began to cry. And I said, your tears are not in vain. You're sowing, you're watering the seed. 29 years of faithfulness. You're watering that, that faithfulness. You're watering them with your tears. And God said, you will come rejoicing, bringing your harvest with you. Uh, Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we, we don't get frustrated or get worried or get weary with giving. We know God's going to bless this or God's going to bless this. or God, Somewhere God's going to bless and somewhere God's going to unloose and, and, and turn it loose. James 1 and 27. We shared this five weeks ago. Who has it? James 1 and 27. Anybody? James 1 and someone, someone give me James 1 and 27. Wow. Amen. So, so James is saying, 
true religion. The word religion means man's search for God. True religion, if you want to find God, here's what he said. Keep yourself separate from the world. Take care of the widow and take care of the orphan. To me, every single mom is a widow. To me, every child without a dad is an orphan. And when you extend your mercy and your kindness and your favor to them, then God extends his mercy and kindness and favor to us. Can we pray? Father, so many opportunities that we have been given to sow into the kingdom. And there has been seed, Lord, that we have sowed that we've even forgot about. But God, this is a faithful house. This is a consistent house. This is a giving house. I pray, Lord, as we begin to continue to sow into the kingdom, that you would allow jobs, favor, promotions, bonuses, raises, that you would overwhelm us with your blessing and your favor. God, we're serving notice right now and telling you, you can trust us. You can trust us with little. You can trust us with a lot. We won't get freaked out on the love of money, but we'll, we'll use it as the tool that it was meant to be used at. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know, God, that you can trust the Davis family. You can trust Pastor Rhonda and myself. What you give with us, we will share. And the more you give, the more we will share. In Jesus' name we pray.